I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tyson Fury, for me, is an overwhelming favourite going into that fight. It's only fallen flat on his face because there ain't no deal. Yeah. But the reason, and that's the problem the that Eddie's, the Eddie's Hearn's got, isn't it? Did I hear you say you'd laugh your ass off if um, Fury lost to Ngannou? Did you hear me? Yeah, I would laugh my ass off, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 43. As always, don't forget to keep liking and subscribing. Keep leaving questions in the comment section below. And more importantly, for Pat, the producer, can we have 500 more subscribers, please, so we can get to 100,000? But anyway... Let's get on with the show. Spence, nice to see you. Simon, how are you? I'm all right. I'm Good. okay. I'm okay. Um, did an interesting conversation on a different platform with Billy Joe Saunders, but we'll talk about that perhaps Absolutely. in another show. But last week's big news was Frank Warren announcing on Talk Sports mm-hmm. the signing of a contract for the fight that I think most people have been clamoring for, which is Fury versus Usyk. Yeah. Did that... Were you surprised by that news? Um, I was surprised it was announced as quick as it was. I thought it was a fight that we was always going to get, but maybe possibly in the middle part of next year. I mean, where does the fight land? There's talk of it landing on December the 23rd or possibly, yeah. you know, at the end of, at the, end of the season, um, which is, what is that, March time or so? Yeah, what, the Riyadh Festival. Riyadh Festival yeah. season, which is about yeah. March time. So, yeah. look, was I surprised? Not really. I think we needed that. Boxing needed the undisputed heavyweight title fight. And I think what that will do actually will force all these other heavyweights now to go into these big fights, you know, and I think that that's what, that's what boxing needs. Well, I mean, one of the things that I spoke about with Frank specifically was, okay, if we have to endure this Ngannou fight, then it really must be because what you're selling, you're selling us a vision. You're saying that the gatekeeper to a proper relationship with Middle Eastern money mm-hmm. is this particular fight. It opens the door because I think Frank's uh, evaluation has been it's all well and good people signing with Skill Challenge. It's all yeah. well and good other promoters thinking they've got a relationship with the Middle East. We've got a relationship with a certain part of the PIF fund that's got ring-fenced money that's much easier to deal with mm-hmm. and we've got a proof of concept with this um, multi-discipline fight, i.e. mixed-discipline fight yeah. between MMA and boxing, yeah. and watch this space. So I wasn't surprised that this was coming because Frank had been consistently and persistently suggesting, mm-hmm. and, and we'd said, okay, Frank, if you're going to do this, we're going to put your feet to the fire instantaneously yeah. afterwards because we want the WBC heavyweight champion of the world fighting 
in a, in a fight which is relational to his stature in boxing, mm -hmm. not in relational to his stature yeah. with his bank manager. Sure. Right? Am, I, am I right in saying that Tyson Fury, Frank Warren or whoever will announce the date of the fight with Alexander Usyk straight after the Ungarni fight? I would suspect so. I would suspect yeah. they want to keep the momentum going forward. I'd be very surprised. Maybe people are being mischievous about the 23rd of December because that would conflict a date earmarked for Eddie Hearn mm -hmm. and the so-called fight between Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah. Because if you've got the unified heavyweight championship of the world fighting on the 23rd of December, all the eyes will be on mm. that prize. And but that given also, the it also throws a spanner in the works for Anthony Joshua, who's um, who's supposed to be boxing in December as well. So they've not announced the date with that. It was Deontay Wilder. I know that's fallen flat on its face, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Mm. But Anthony Joshua's looking to get out at that time as well. So it's a sort of genius move, really, from Frank Warren and the team by saying we will announce it after the Ngannou fight because anyone that's wanting to prepare for a fight in December, they haven't, they're not going to have the time at the end of October to, to sort of sell the fight. It's interesting, know? though. There's always an element. I mean, Frank was obviously very excited on Friday um, when he went on a talk sports show, I think, with Andy Goldstein and, and Darren Bent and talked about the the size and scale of this event mm -hmm. and obviously you know with a, a nod towards the scale of the Nganu fights frank in your opinion are these the two best heavyweights on the planet without a doubt without a doubt number one number two for me tyson's number one Usyk's number two four belts on the line never happened before this is history making fight this is the biggest heavyweight fight of this century mm. no i wasn't confident because i didn't think i thought when Usyk signed uh, when we thought we had this fight at Wembley this year, and Usyk then went side with Skills Challenge, I felt it was going to be dead in the water. But as I say, thanks to um, uh, his ex and uh, doctor, the doctor, we made this, or they made it with us, and everybody concerned have made it happen. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant for boxing. We're going to find out who's the best heavyweight in the world. We've all got our opinions, and we will find out when these two guys step in the ring with each other. I mean, look, look, I've got great regrets. My, I've got to tell you something. Whatever it takes to get it on, I mean, everybody's been, everybody, but everybody's been driving me crazy <laughs> and asking me and driving everyone mad when we're going to get it on. We've got it on. And it's only because it's in Saudi that it's happening. Mm. That's it. So, you know, it's fantastic. And if you can get there, it'll be brilliant to watch it. If you can't, you're going to watch it on prime time in the UK. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. It's very unusual, I have to say, and maybe Frank will contradict me, that you sign a contract that doesn't have a date attached to it, because otherwise the contract is a little bit open-ended. Well, well, here's the thing. I think that it probably has got... I'm assuming it'll have a window, I, which is we must make this fight, which is what Frank kind yeah. of alluded to. We must make this fight between... October the 29th. Yeah. And Riyadh March, season, yeah. the end of March, yeah. whenever the Riyadh season finishes. I, I, here's the thing. I think that they possibly got the date. And I think that they're holding back. And that's what I said to you, you know, for, to, to, to mess up any other plans for anyone wanting to box in December, any big fights that are going to happen in December. Because, yeah. you know, we, we, we had that date thrown at us, like December the 23rd is a possibility. I possibly don't think it is. I think it probably would be at the end of Riyadh season. March would seem the likely one. Um, I think that Paris Fury's been quite vocal about her wanting Tyson to retire after the undisputed fight. She would like it in December, so that Tyson could say, "Listen, I've done everything I need to do now, and that's it." I mean, there's a, there's a, 
Yeah, there's a number of factors into in this, but I believe that we will get that date after the Ngannou fight. I think that, I, and they probably do know the date already. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting one because ultimately Frank has got a deal done now. <clears throat> I, I, you know, he didn't want to discuss rematches. He didn't want to discuss purse splits. I don't suppose he wants any of the controversy that goes with those conversations mm -hmm. and the raging, you know, sort of ideal of who should get what. I'm assuming all those have been bottomed away. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I guess they'll tell us about those as and when, if and when they think people need to know. The interesting thing for me is it, 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 it will lead into Anthony Joshua in a minute, but obviously you've got Frank has been very very vocal about the Dubois situation and obviously clearly he would be because he was there it was his fighter mm -hmm. we haven't got the WBA making any kind of uh, appeal dates for Daniel Dubois yeah. which if they can make if they can make a fight or allow a fight to be fought for their belt you would have thought they could have heard a dispute about yeah. a previous fight which yeah. seems a bit ironic I'm assuming yeah. that there'll be some <clears throat> outcome for Daniel Dubois um, does it leave given that we've now got this unification fight coming next off the rank it means tyson won't have fought if he fights in the new year if we in december he won't have fought in boxing yeah um you know people will say that the fight is a boxing fight between him yeah. and Garner, but he won't have fought a recognized heavyweight boxer in over a year yeah. since Derek chisora mm -hmm. um where do you think it leaves daniel dubois i mean there's a, there's a momentum building the battle of the losers right now, yeah. which is who can make the best fist of getting mm. themselves back to the table in Daniel Dubois and, and Joe Joyce. Yeah. What do you think? So <clears throat> there's a number of outcomes that could happen for Daniel Dubois because when the appeal goes ahead or when they, when they look at the appeal, I don't think they'll order the immediate rematch, obviously because of what's going on, but they may put Daniel in a position where we say, well, listen, you get, you're the next mandatory for the WBA yeah. game. That's a possible outcome. Yeah. Where does it lead Daniel Dubois? Where do I see him going next? Who do I see him fighting next? I mean, the obvious fight for me would be with Joe Joyce, who's coming off that loss to Zelie Zhang. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've got history before. It was a good fight before. And, and for both of them, it's a sort of obvious fight, really. I think that's where I would probably put Daniel and Joe right now in the heavyweight landscape. But yeah, I, I think that the outcome of this will be that Daniel will, will get given some sort of position to fight for the WBA title, maybe mandatory, given the mandatory game. But how does it, but how does it like work that? for Daniel when you think about it, right? Frank was going after the, the, the golden fleece of getting a rematch, which no, yeah. first of all, no contest, yeah. which he wasn't going to get. He even by his own admission knows that he's not going to get a rematch. So yeah. what we were really looking for is a reinstatement of Daniel Dubois as the go. mandatory WBO yes. challenger. But if you sign a unification fight, and, the re and, and, and there's, there's got to be a distinct possibility. Well, the undisputed trumps, the undisputed trumps all of that, doesn't but it? There's got to be a, then got a distinct possibility there's going to be a rematch clause in this yeah. fight. Because you're talking about two people that are giving up all the belts. And I'm, yeah. I'd be gobsmacked, wouldn't you, if there wasn't a rematch clause in either side. Absolutely. Right? Despite I, all the protestations. So then, you, so then you've got Daniel Dubois sitting here. If we don't have this fight until March, mm. right? let's just say that we take it to the very back end of Riyadh. Yeah. Right? And then you have, because Usyk's obviously fought recently, he might want a six-month mm. uh, break to get himself into condition with yeah. some break and then getting set up for the fight. So if he doesn't fight until March, then you've got another six or seven months for the next fight. Yeah. So Daniel Dubois is not looking at a fight as a mandatory challenger until... 2025. Yeah, so some type of Daniel Dubois is only 26 years of age, so he's got mm. time 
on his side. He just, I think it's about getting reinstated into that position where you hold some sort of cards. I mean, look, listen, look, look at this. If Tyson Fury, say if the fight happened, let's use this as an example, the fight happened on December the 23rd. Tyson Fury becomes undisputed heavyweight champion. There's a great possibility that Tyson Fury would then retire and just fragment them. Well, belts. this is where it's going to lead me next. And that's where Daniel would get, come into his own. It's going to leave, this is where it's going to lead me next because... The, one, the, the question from the Joshua... I'm going to move on to Anthony Joshua territory now. Yeah. Because it feels to me that this is a good day for boxing in terms of the unification fight that everyone says they want, which is the two belt holders fighting for all the straps um, and the two best fighters in the world right now. So we're getting what we wanted and getting what, all the complaints. But Anthony Joshua gets left in a bit of a vacuum mm -hmm. because there is, I'm pretty sure... There is this ambition from Joshua to fight Fury. Mm -hmm. And if Fury were to win this fight against Usyk, which I think he will, I think there's a distinct possibility that Fury, like you've alluded to, will go, that's it, I'm done. Correct. I've beaten Wilder, who was considered to be the heaviest hitter in the division. I've beaten Usyk, who beat Joshua. Yeah. So in lineal terms, I've beaten the man that beat, beat the, the man. man. Yeah. Right? So what have I got to do besides throw you a bone? And that puts a challenge on Anthony Joshua. And the only way I think Anthony Joshua corrects that is if he fights Deontay Wilder and knocks him out very convincingly. Absolutely. Very early in the fight. And, and, and does something that Fury couldn't do. And then it becomes a legacy discussion. Absolutely. And I think that's where Anthony Joshua and the team have been backed into a corner now. With this fight being made like that and like you say and if you look at the landscape bit and you look at what Tyson Fury possibly will do after he wins the undisputed if he wins the undisputed and he will probably let all the belts go even if the fight with Anthony Joshua does happen down in, down the road he may just say well you know I'll, I'll fight you but without any belts but, I'm going to let him go but he's but, giving Joshua he doesn't need to give no, he Joshua no he doesn't and, and, so and I, think, I think there's a real I get the sense I don't know if you get the sense there is a real rancor and a comp competition between Joshua and Fury yeah. for the hearts and minds of people what their perception of the two of them is. And I don't think Fury is going to give Joshua any leg up, any opportunity, unless there's a really, really good reason. And I right agree. now, beating Jermaine Franklin and Robert Hellenius yeah. and just being uh, on the periphery of it all yeah. now is not a reason for Fury to go, I tell you what, I'll bring you into the light again. I agree, totally agree. I think that it's sort of back Joshua into the corner where you go, now he has to box someone like... Deontay Wilder to get that recognition to you know to relight that fire because anyone else I mean you could throw Zale Zhang into the, in, into the mix and say right listen I think acceptable would be Deontay Wilder Zale Zhang there's two opponents out there that I think could be acceptable opponents for Anthony Joshua in December if he was to fight but Deontay Wilder is obviously the number one but it's also interesting because the belt that Tyson has held and the belt that he's made his bones with is a mm. WBC belt yeah if Joshua fights Wilder, it's for the mandatory position of the WBC, yes. which then gives more traction. But if he goes in and demolishes Wilder, then he has a case point. And this is the question mm. that I think has to be, actually Joshua has to think now, because I think these are really, I think there would have probably been a, a collective sigh in the Joshua camp over the weekend mm. about this could be the end of our opportunity in heavyweight boxing. Yeah. Because if this fella goes and beats Usyk, there's a distinct possibility, unless we do something to counteract that, yeah. that we're not going to get this fight, and we want this fight. Yeah, we want this fight because they want this fight. That's right. Camp. So he has to go out. So there, there, there has to Wilder. be. This, they're not going to get that fight in Saudi. Mm. 
because as much as Anthony Joshua appears to have had a wonderful relationship with the Saudis over a period of time, the, the channel that Eddie Hearn was taking him down, the relationship that they had seems to have been superseded yes. by a different relationship that Frank Warren and Bob Arum have managed to develop. Mm -hmm. So in order for, for Joshua to fight Wilder, so they're going to have to take a view. And that, by that I mean they're going to have to take a view on the economics of the fight because they can make this fight in England. Mm -hmm. They can make this fight at Wembley. It will get 90,000 people inside the mm -hmm. stadium. I would suggest they probably would get north of a million, maybe a million and a half pay-per-views. Absolutely. So it becomes a 50 million pound fight. Yeah. And Wilder and Joshua have got to accept that that's the scale of the fight. They mm -hmm. might not like it. They might not think that it's a discussion they particularly want to have. They might have delusions of grandeur. But I don't think they're going to make that fight, yeah. Wilder and Joshua, in Saudi. I agree. I think they're going to have to make it somewhere else. I, they could I, make a case for Vegas. But, but I think won't. Eddie Hearn's exploring those options, though, because he has actually thrown out there, actually, there is the fight that if they can't make it in Saudi and skills challenge seems to have sort of fallen flat on its face a little bit with this new deal that Tyson Fury and the team have done with the Saudis, Frank Warren, have done with the Saudis. So I think that fight will land in England. I think it will land at Wembley. Yep. And it's a fight that Anthony Joshua now needs more than ever if he wants to keep any hopes alive of fighting Tyson Fury again because it's the only way you're going to do if, it. If, I if, think that we could be looking at springtime, March time, you could see Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Wembley Stadium. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You think, you think six months away? Yeah, absolutely. You don't, I think, think, you don't think that that's a fight that needs to be made a little bit I, earlier? No, I think it does need to be. I, listen, ideally it would be December. Yeah. I think with what's just happened though with the, you know, with the deal with Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder falling flat on its face out in Saudi Arabia, I think that they need, but need to only rescale it. Flat, it's only fallen flat on its face because there ain't no deal. Yeah. But the reason, and that's the problem that Simon, Eddie's, the reason Eddie Hearn's got, isn't it? The reason I'm, I'm saying Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, December is a possibility, you say it's a possibility, but what Frank Warren and the team have done brilliantly is dangled that carrot saying Alexander Usyk and um, Tyson Fury are fighting possibly December the 23rd. So no one wants to go up against that. They can't go up against that. So they can't really make any strong plans until they yeah. announce the date from Alexander Usyk and um, Tyson Fury. That's where I'm at with it. I think yeah, that from a business model, from a commercial point of view, you can't do that. Is there any other fights is there any other fight in your minds that they can have that will solidify in the minds of others that Joshua is to be reckoned with both economically and literally in the ring? I mean, does a Zili Zhang fight? I, mean, I, I know, I know they're going to sell it yeah. in China and think that they're going to make a lot of money over yeah. there. 
But does that enhance, does, does Joshua going and beating Zhili Zhang make him an even more alluring and attractive opportunity for Tyson Fury to say, I tell you what, I don't need to. I don't need to. I've just made a ton of money out of the Ngannou fight. Yeah. I've just made a ton of money, a ton of money out of the Usyk fight. Mm -hmm. I've probably got a rematch clause in there anyway. Yeah. So in the, mid, in the middle of all that, I'm going to throw you a bone because you've beaten mm. Zhili Zhang. Yeah. No, listen, Deontay Wilder's the only name. We know that. The only name for Tyson now, to um, for Anthony Joshua, to get that recognition is by beating Deontay Wilder, but beating him in fashion as well, beating him in style. That is a fact. But if there was another name he was going to put out there, the next name in line, you go, well, Jelly Zhang's coming off that good win against Joe Joyce. Does that give him enough weight still? Listen, it's a great fight for Anthony Joshua. If he went over to China, 200 million people would watch it. The Chinese government would get behind it. They could earn a lot of money out of doing that. Maybe. But does that give you enough to get Tyson Fury, possibly out of retirement, to go and fight Anthony Joshua? I'm not sure. So there's no benefit in Anthony Joshua um, fighting Zhili Zhang, getting his WBO mandatory, because that gives him an opportunity to be at the front of the queue for the next opportunity to fight. Because yeah. it's not going to be him anyway. No, it's, it's going to be the IBF. That's right, yeah. Right. That's okay. the way it works. I'm just thinking, I was trying to yeah, think that's in, the way in it works. It's all very complicated, of, but that of, is the way the, it works. Of the I think Hergovic is next in line after the undisputed fight. After we get the undisputed fight and that's sorted out, whether there's a rematch clause in it or whatever it is, IBF mandatory is next in line. So mm. that's where we're at. Interesting. Well, it's the news that everybody wanted. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure it's the news that the Joshua camp wanted, but what it will do is it will concentrate people's minds and we might see... A, a splurge of heavyweight fights mm. coming on now because the run, runners and riders are going to try and jostle themselves into a position to pick up the remnants of the outcome of Usyk versus Fury. You still in the camp that Fury's going to ragdoll Usyk? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. After what I witnessed um, with Daniel Dubois and out in Poland, I think now that, that, that may convince me even more that Tyson Fury will have the size... Mm. He's got the power, he's got the balls, you know, he'll, he'll mix it up, he can box, he's got the doesn't boxing like IQ. doesn't like fighting smaller fighters though, does he? No, he doesn't, but that, 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 listen, I don't think that that's going to play a big part in this. I think that Tyson Fury, uh, Tyson Fury for me is an overwhelming favourite going into that fight. Did I that fight. Also, what I do think though, Simon, is that I think that this fight being made is really going to shake up the rest of the heavyweight division. I think point. we're going to get the fights that we've been talking about yeah, for years point. and we're not getting. That's my point. I really do think that. Did I hear you say you'd laugh your ass off if um, Fury lost to Indano? Did you hear me? Yeah, I would laugh my ass off, wouldn't, mm. wouldn't you? I would, there's there's no an irony. No, You're listen, not going to lose. Right, listen. As, being as, mischievous. As, as, an event, as an event, it's going to be huge. As a fight, it's going to be a mismatch because we know that. And mm. looking at, at um, Ngannou close up, you know, in the training with this and everything else yeah. and Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson being in his camp and Mike Tyson, yeah, he's a great student of the game and he's got this idea yeah. and he's working these angles he and what he's going to do it, yeah. and punching the chest. But listen, doing it, the reality of doing it is two different mm -hmm. things and watching Ngannou, too slow, yes, power, he's got power, that's great, but if you can't get your feet into the position, the power doesn't count. Mm -hmm. The power's not going to be there. I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a one-sided fight. Moving on from fights to have to be happening and opportunities in the future, in the marquee division, obviously we saw Canelo Alvarez out. Yeah. The probably universally accepted pound for pound. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah well, probably. he's up there. Up there. Yeah. Definitely up Tank there. Davis I mean, there's, uh, yeah, there's Terence Crawford. Terence Crawford. Terence Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anui. Can, yeah. Anui. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, Canelo uh, fought over the weekend, as I said, yeah. against uh, one of the Chamal. Jamal Charlo. Charlo brothers. Yeah. 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 One of the Chamals. One of the. You can edit Jamal it, you? and Jamal. One of the Charlo brothers. There's Jamal and Jamal. Jamal and, and Jamal. Jamal. 
Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, interesting comments being made by Eddie Hearn about uh, Charlo's participation in that fight coming to win yeah. and coming to put himself in the way of things. What did you make of the fight? I was very disappointed with Charlo, if I'm totally honest, because I thought, look, he was moving up from 154 to 168 and it's a big jump, but look, yeah. he's got height on his size and he filled out really well. He looked great on the scales and you go, do you know what? After looking at him and looking at his dominance down at 154, you think, actually, stylistically, he could, he could problems, cause yeah. a lot of problems to Canelo. Like Bivol, where Bivol kept it long yeah. and kept the distance and controlled the space. He had the ability, he's got the... But he, he didn't. But he didn't. At all. Do you know what? He went in there to survive. He was disappointed. He didn't turn up to win. He didn't give it a go. Yep. And even the knockout, knockdown in the seventh round when he got hit, he half went down. Like, listen, he could have, he, he could have not gone down there. I just don't think he fancied it. He thought, oh, I'm in a bit of trouble. Go down. He was looking to survive. I thought it was a disappointing performance. Did you, did you see... You a, get the opportunity, it's disappointing. Did you see anything in Alvarez, albeit that Charlo didn't really come to do the things that we hoped he would do. Yeah. You see anything in Alvarez that intimates decline? No. Nothing I thought all. no, because I thought that Charlo really didn't give him any sort of contest, so you couldn't really go on anything. I think that Canelo actually looked very sharp. I thought he was putting his shots together very well. He looked as good as, you know, as good as I've seen him. But then look at the competition. Look was on the other, other side. So it didn't really... You know, it, it may it may have made him look better than he than he actually. Well, it, that's a tough thing to say. Better than he actually is because he's he's a dominant force. He's been a dominant force. He's turned pro at 15 years of age. That was the ninth. That was the ninth fight as a super do middleweight. Nine now, do you think that fighters? And I mean, I, again, I, you know, about dropping names. You know, in the conversation I had with Billy Joe Saunders, he talked about the Canelo Alvarez fight, yeah. and he talked about the fact that he felt he was in that fight, and he felt that Canelo Alvarez wasn't hurting him. He wasn't yeah. fighting by him. He wasn't. In, in any shape or form concerned by what he was doing mm -hmm. and actually felt that the tragedy for him was the damage to his eye but ultimately he, he looked at it and thought and Billy Joe says it is that it is that what you've got is that what I'm fighting against now people will laugh and say well you got stopped yeah you got stopped because you've got a busted eye socket yeah um, and I thought Billy Joe Saunders was in that fight and getting better but but Alvarez comes with such a reputation ring. boxing is 80% mental, it's 20% physical. The yeah. physicality is like, that's the bit that we all do. You all do running in the morning, the training, yeah. the skill set, when you get to that sort of level. But fighters are beaten before they get in there. And I think that's what Alvarez has got, that you go in there with him and you think, oh, I'm up against power. Actually, he ain't that good. He's not as good as what I thought he was. Mm. I think Billy Joe, Billy Joe sort of defeated before he got in there. And a lot of fighters are defeated before they get in there. Well, he said the polar opposite. He said the polar opposite. He, he said he thought for the moment that this fight was made, that he thought he could beat this guy. And when he got in the ring, right. he actually felt to himself, hang on, this is not what I, I thought this was going to, I thought you were a monster. I thought this was going to be bigger yeah. and more difficult than I anticipated. And then people will laugh because they'll say, as I said a moment ago, that Billy you know, ultimately got stopped by a busted eye socket. Yeah. But when he was in the ring, he was thinking, this isn't hurting me. I'm not but getting you, hurt. But do you know what Alvarez does, though? What Canelo does is he turns the screw. What He's a notorious slow starter. He always gives two or three rounds away. He stalks forward, doesn't do too much. Works Didn't out. do too much. I think get him and Charlo threw 33 punches between them or something in the first round, like nothing. You know, that's what he does. He works them out and then he turns the screw and he sort of breaks them down. He'd done that with Billy, to be fair. You look at the fight with him and Billy Joe Saunders, he slowly started stepping it up. Billy was in the fight for five or six rounds, as he rightly says. Mm -hmm. But and then when Canelo turned it up, you see him going through notches and that's what he's got the great ability to do. What do you make of, um, we are now seeing, and I'm, I'd be so disappointed if this is the case, but we're now seeing 
Canelo being matched against Jake Paul. I knew he was going to say that. Is, yeah. this, is, this, is this where... We, come on. Canelo, I mean, is, uh, Canelo has openly said himself, listen, it's a fight that he's interested in. He thinks it brings new eyeballs to the sport. He said, which is great for the sport. He said, him, this, this is words coming out of his mouth. Oh, shit. The fight bring, itself huge, would huge be a revenue. mismatch. The event would be huge. Well, of course it would, because Jake Paul's got his own massive following. And of course the fight would be huge, but come on, man. You can't put, is there any difference you can't put the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in on the planet and one of the greatest Mexicans of all time in with Jake Paul. I think that's taking the piss. Is there any um, similarity between this and Tyson Fury fighting Francis Ngannou? Is it not just cut from the same cloth? If, well, we, if we're going to tolerate Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury, aren't we going to tolerate Jake Paul versus Canelo Everest? It's similar. Very similar, if I'm totally honest. It is mm. similar. But Francis Ngannou was the best at, best at his discipline. UFC, tough sport. So mm. you go, all right, understand that. And he comes with a little reputation or a big reputation from, from his own discipline. Yeah. Jake Paul... He's a YouTuber. He's a YouTuber coming to white-collar boxing and has done that. So it's slightly different, if I'm honest. You've got to give... Um, Francis and Garner, a little bit more credibility yeah, than fair Jake enough. Paul, to be fair. Yeah, fair Do you enough. know what I mean? But, but yeah, this, this conversation, don't be surprised if that happens, by the way, Jake yeah, Paul and Canelo. No, I wouldn't be surprised. And if people want to pay for that old rope, yeah. I guess they're going to. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to. But, but he's I, got 50 million followers that probably know, will pay for it. And I, that's, I, that's what Canelo's saying. That's, yeah, what, he, know, that's what he's getting. I know what the, I know what the sentiment of it is. Mm. You know, you're looking at Tyson Fury going into into Saudi to fight Ngannou getting paid a fortune for a fight that everyone knows the outcome to. Yeah. And they can sell it whichever they want. Yeah. Everyone knows the outcome to Canelo versus Jake Paul. But if people are prepared to pay it, this is the world that we live in. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've got a three-year-old kid that watches somebody put, drop marbles down a, a, a ramp <laughs> in water on YouTube and it gets 50 million views. And someone's getting paid three, $3 every thousand views. This is the business that they're in. Yeah. We've got a, a really good fight coming up on the weekend, um, which is obviously Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington, had him in the other fight. day. I picked Lee Wood much to, to, to Josh's consternation. I was with you. They both appeared to be very relaxed about yeah. the situation. It's a great fight, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great fight. You know what, I love Josh Warrington. He was great when we was in the studio the other Thursday, wasn't it? When he said, you know, you said, look, I've got to be honest, I've got to go with Lee Wood. I think the momentum's behind yeah. Lee, coming off the good win against Lara, yeah. etc. You know, you, you lost to Luis Umbato. Um, Lopez, you know, all right, albeit a split you, decision, but wasn't a great performance. And you lost to Lara and you and, were losing and, again to Lara. Absolutely. And you see, you threw all that at him and he was like... Relaxed. We'll no, see. no, he was like, yeah, Simon, you're, we'll you're actually feeding me. Yeah. You're feeding me because I want to be the underdog. I want that and that's what I need. I love that. That's that, that's, that is that winner's mentality, to be fair, where he goes, he doesn't take anything personal because all of our comments, they're not personal. It's just, it's just an it's opinion. Just, it's just an opinion. Absolutely. And this is where people mess it up. They... they, they, they 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 mix the opinion up and take it personally, which is ridiculous. And I thought that I thought that Josh Warrington handled that brilliantly. I'm with you. I think Lee Wood starts the favourite. I think the momentum is with Lee Wood. But it's a great fight. It's a great fight. If Josh Warrington pulled that off, that w it's not like it'd be a surprise to me. No, I'm just. Uh, I've got to pick shock. a winner. I've got to pick a, a winner. It, it wouldn't be a shock. No. Um, what kind of fight do you think you're going to see? I think we'll see a great fight, and I think it will explode. I think that Josh Warrington will be the hunter. He will come out. He's the one that likes to come forward, although yeah. he's the lighter puncher of the two. He likes to throw the volume and he likes the aggression. And he likes putting on Lee Wood. Uh, is a guy that likes to pick his shots a little bit more, but he can get down in the trenches and he will get down in the trenches mm. and the fight will as catch we've light. Seen, as we saw with Michael Conlon, yeah? And exactly that. And I think we've got one of those sort of fights, like Michael Conlon um, and Lee Wood. I think you're going to get one of those sorts of fights where it's going to be dramatic. Both guys might have to pick themselves off the floor. 
and I think it'll catch light after. They'll probably look at each other for a round or two and then boom, lock horns and, and, and it'll just go off. But I just think that, yeah, I think, I think that the extra boxing ability may just get Lee Wood over the line, yeah. But oh, so what are we looking? Are you looking at a points decision for Lee Wood? Looking at stoppage? Yeah, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a points decision for Lee Wood. Yeah, yeah. I think that he'll just get. Listen, I think it'll be a tight fight as well. Mm. I think it's one of those. I don't. I think that both guys are going to have their moments. I don't think that anyone's really going to stamp their authority where they're going to dominate the fight. I think it's one of those. It'll be back and forth. But I think that Lee Wood will just have enough. Yeah, I'm in the same space. Is there anything to be taken from the the they, they both shared the poem in? Risho Lara, yeah. does it, do, you, do you look at the way that Josh got himself into problems with Lara in the first fight? And the second Was having fight. the same, yeah. similar problems in the second. Is that something Lee's going to take from those, given the fact that Lee dealt with Lara? Well, this is, this is what wins the fight for me, is that I think that Lee Wood has that adaptability. Right. Whereas Josh Warrington sort of doesn't. He, we know what he's going to do. He's come forward and he'll wait for his moment. He's got a high volume of punches. It's been a great... Great ambassador to the sport, a great Absolutely. Serve, and I think he's yeah. as good outside the ring as he is in it. And, and he is. He's, he, you know, I think as a role model, he's been fantastic. But Lee Wood has that adaptability, so he's got knocked out in seven rounds the fight before, goes straight into the immediate rematch, which we both thought was a terrible move and wrong move going into the rematch, especially when Lara missed the weight. You think that's even worse. Yeah. And he, he showed that he can adapt, and he showed that he can change the game plan. He can get over that psychological damage, and all those things just tip me towards Lee. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. But what we're going to see is a proper fight. You know, a, that proper, is a, guarantee. a proper bar. That is a guarantee. Yeah. Any, any, do you think there's any substance in the arguments that are made about Josh Warrington? Because people talk about he uses his head a lot in fights, and there's a little yeah. bit of an element of that in there. Is that steeped in any substance, or is I that just people that don't like Josh Warrington? Nah, I, think that's, Josh I think that's fact. Is it? You know, I think it's fact. You know, where, that, is that where, anything where, to, where, for Lee Wood that, to worry listen, about? Listen, if he can, if, if yeah, absolutely. You know, if Josh can get away with it, listen, we're we're in the hurt business here. Like, if someone can throw a left hook and follow through with an elbow, they'll do it. If the head goes in, albeit accidental or whatever, it's like it's it's a tough sport. It's, it's a, you know, that's the sport it is. Josh Warrington's style is all action, come forward, throw loads of punches. And he uses his head well while he's doing that. So it doesn't look intentional. It's not like he's purposely trying to do it. But what he's doing is he's, going, he's throwing his shots and thinking, right, well, if they don't get you, that will. And that is what it is. It's like if you throw an uppercut, you go in to throw an uppercut. If you go in to throw an uppercut and you pick your chin up in the air, so you're going to get flattened when you do it. But if I was throwing an uppercut, I'm going in with my head as well. You go in with your head as well. So if, up, so if the guy that comes in with his head up and you go, you crack him on the nose, you say, listen, that was That's not intentional. Is, yeah. But I was just covering my tracks. That's probably what he's doing. It's not like he's doing it intentionally, but he's making sure that just if the heads do up, come yeah. together, I'm going to come out all right. Right. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that fight. We're both yeah. going with Lee Wood, but whatever we, whoever wins that fight, both of us would be happy for one. Absolutely. Because we both like him. Anyway, right, that's it for this week's episode of Talk Boxing. Don't forget to keep liking and subscribing. Keep leaving questions in the comment section below. Watch out for the Q&A on Sunday. And myself and Spencer will see you next time we're out.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 